Good afternoon. You are listening to the Recovery Hour Talk Radio Show that is being brought to you by the Rockdale County Stepping Up Initiative. You can continue listening to us on the Cat 10 ENT Network by downloading the His Hop Radio app. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. Once again, this is Bill and Tanisha, and welcome to the Recovery Hour. As always, and I know I say this all the time, we really have a treat for y'all this morning. And, and you know, I haven't been wrong yet. And, and so for me, that's phenomenal because I've made a whole career out of being wrong. So, but anyway, that being said, I would be remiss if we got off to the cosmos if I didn't first shout out to our sponsors, the Stepping Up Initiative, which is a national initiative that has been adopted here in Rockdale. The purpose of that mission is to reduce the number of people in jails that have mental health or substance use challenges that look like us on the inside and the outside and all of the above, man. And, and, you know, also shout out to Commissioner Doreen Williams who's the tip of the spear. Without her influence and without her drive and without her determination and without her commitment, we probably would not be here doing this like this. Also shout out to Hurricane Maine and the His Hop Nation, man, that network that's given us an opportunity to put this all across the world. You know, we were looking at our analytics. We've even got dudes in Germany, right? And I'm like, shout out to the German dudes, right? I think those are some of Tanisha's followers. But however, I'm not going to get off into that. Anyway, with that being said, today we got a real treat for you. Today we have Brian Keith Anderson. And some people call him Dr. Anderson. Some people call him Keith and I hope they don't treat him like they treat me and call him all those other things that they call him. But whatever they call him, I know he ain't mad at him because I had a chance to meet him the other day and we had an event and a very, very good friend of mine, Alexia was there and shout out to R2 Rise. And they were there doing a performance and she said to me, Bill, I've got somebody that you've got to meet. And people tell me that all the time, you know, and, um, don't get me wrong, I cherish each and every one of those opportunities. I, I, because there was a time that when I came, I was the person that nobody wanted them to know I was there and nobody wanted to introduce me to anybody except for the first law enforcement officer that arrived on the scene. They wanted to introduce me to him, you know, but, but today I, I'm living in the overflow. And, and, you know, when I had a chance to meet you and, and uh, our meeting was prefaced because the first thing that you said to me was not who you were. The first thing you said to me was not about credentials. It wasn't about anything else. It was about, hey, man, I've got two bags of stuff over there for homeless individuals, one for men and one for women. And I want to make sure that they get to the appropriate place. That was the first thing you said. And, and, and I'm like, okay, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then, then I got a little more and a little more and a little more, you know? And you kind of told me about, you know, who you were. And um, then, then you kind of told me about beautiful scars. And, and you told me a little bit about that, and, you know? And, and when you're in those events, you know, it reminds me of uh, when I was in church years ago. And this is after recovery, because before recovery, I was never in church. But anyway, I, I was in church years ago, and, and the pastor said to me, the worst time to talk to a pastor is on Sunday at church, right? Because they, they're they they're on something else, you know? So a lot of times when I'm at those events, and all those people are coming up and talking to me, and they're giving me their cards, and, and when they give me their cards, I've got stacks of cards, right? I've got cards that I can't remember who gave it to me. I look at it and, you know, I'm just, there's such an influx of paper. And, and so I knew that when I was talking to you and you said, hey, I got a card in the car. And I said, hold on, let's exchange numbers. And usually I give people my number and I don't put their number in my phone until they call me and and I think I told you to do that. And you call me immediately. And I put it in there immediately. And, you know, I understand today that that was kingdom business. 
Amen. You feel me? I understand today to a certainty that that was kingdom business. And, and you know, I, I've spoken all across the country at so many different things from the White House to the, the Justice Center and all across the country, been on radios, TVs and everything like that. And, and you know, I, it's not about comparison. It's about respect. I've heard thousands and thousands and thousands of testimonies. And don't get me wrong, each one of them is important. Each one has gravity. Each one has validity, right? Each one has God, right? And, and, and I got a chance, and I was sitting behind you when you did your thing the other night, right? And, and, and man, I came out of there lit, man. I, I, when you got through doing your testimony, I gave the, um, the organ player $80 and gave the piano player $80. <laughs> I said, it's time to tithe, man. Bam! Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir, man. And, and I was inspired, and, and I admire you. But anyway, with that being said, Tanisha, say hi to all the people out there, Radio Land, all the people, all the people you said, come on, ride with me. All them people. Say hi to those people, man. <laughs> yes, hello to all of our followers. I am really excited about the show today. You all are about to be, you know, just blessed with a, a wonderful message. And I am just grateful to be back with you all another week to be able to be here with you present for another hour. So, uh, you know, and I was doing some research. Obviously, you impressed me enough that I would research. A lot of times I come on the show and I say, Tanisha, did you research the people? <laughs> she said, of course, did you? She said, did you do your homework? I'm like, we don't need, to, I don't need no homework for this one. This one, I did my homework, right? And so I know that, I know your name and I know you've got some credentials and I know you've got some preferences about what you want people to call you. Um, so tell the people out there, all of our listeners, who you are, what your name is and about some of them letters that you got behind your name. Well, once again, I want to thank you, my brother and my sister for having me. This is a pleasure. This is a purpose-driven meeting tonight. Before we were born, this meeting was scheduled in time. So I, I, I am honored to be here this afternoon. My name is Brian Anderson, certified peer specialist, certified recovery educator, certified whole health and wellness coach, certified rap facilitator, certified mental health first aid trainer, yada, yada, yada. I got a whole lot of certifications. What I want the audience to know about Brian Anderson, Brian Anderson is a mountain climber. What do I mean by that? Brian had to climb some mighty mountains in his lifetime. And uh, some of the mountains that I had to climb, homelessness, hopelessness, molestation, drug addiction, three times jail, mental illness, lockdown, inpatient treatment. And for some reason, God allowed me to still be alive after two suicide attempts to be here this evening talking to you all. So once again, I love what I've done. I love the certifications that I've received. But the most important thing that I want every audience to know, I'm a mountain climber. I'm a mountain climber, and I, I always, when I go out and speak, there's a parable that I used at the end of every speech that I would, if we have time, I would love to share with your audience at the end of this presentation. So mountain climber is what I want them to know about me. Absolutely, man, and thank you so much for being just being transparent and being powerful, man. Because like yourself, Tanisha and I are persons in long-term recovery, and, and the, just the greatest privilege we've had in our lives is just to be able to to shout that from the mountaintop. You know, a lot of people they sensationalize. There are so there's so much negative messaging out there. There's so much. You know, I was sharing that today with some friends that I was doing in a group, and I was you know I was telling them, and don't get me wrong, I am truly empathetic and sympathetic to a lot of people's plight. I had a lot of people call me in the last couple of weeks and I have people call me all the time with this and that and the crisis, this, and my brother's cousins, blah, blah, blah. I've had a lot of people call me and ask me, what do you think about the school shooting? What do you think about blah, blah, blah? And, and you know, don't get me wrong. I, my heart goes out to those people, man. They, it does. And, and, you know, I've had people shooting at me for a long time and, and I've seen people all around me hitting the ground for a long time, you know, and, and, and what I want, I want somebody to call and give me the good news. You, you feel me? I got the bad news. I got four TVs, man, big screens, man. Praise God. But but I want somebody to share some good news because that's the difference maker. That's what I want to hear. And that's one of the things that we have the privilege of doing this show. And this show is about, it's very transparent. And there's some very, very impactful transitioning 
from the from this platform. Absolutely. But boy, like you said, the mountain is being climbed. The mountain is being removed. The mountain's getting kicked to sleep, man, up in here, right? And Tanisha, how many shows have we done now? I can't even keep count. Tanisha's the statistician. She's the smartest person in the room. We're Tanisha. climbing up to 80. This show here will be 79. So when you're talking about 79 weeks, the only thing I ever did for 79 weeks <laughs> or greater was a bid, right? So, so this is the thing where we're able to put together some really powerful data and statistics, right? And, and I know they say data's dollars, but for me, data's miracle. The, the, it's the sign of miracles, the, the absolute sign of miracles that 82 weeks we've been able to deliver this message. 15 years, I've had not the need for a drink or a drug or a mind-altering thing. And that's after a lifetime of doing the thing. You know what I'm saying? So for me, those are the type of the uh, things that I ingest today. And, and so, but, but that being said, Brian, I want to ask you a question. What is your why, man? Why did you come across the road? Why did you come from the dark into the light? What is your why, man? Well, once again, my wife and I, we co-founded Beautiful Scars Inc. many years ago, where our motto is come to us with open wounds and leave with beautiful scars. My, my plight started very early. I was five years old when my father decided to steal me away from my mother with my two older brothers, and we were homeless and hungry, and there was nobody back in those days that would come to our rescue, no one. And man, when you're talking about a child being traumatized, warning yearning for somebody to come to him and say, man, it's going to be all right. Yearning for somebody to come to him and say, brother, I've been through what you've been through. Let me show you how to make it through. But there was no one early on. So for that, for the person having no one in his life to be there for him, I made a commitment to God, man, many years ago, many years ago. And I, and I told God, I said, God, I, I will be forever dedicated to you. Not if, when, because I knew he was going to bring me out. When you bring me out, I was going to use this voice of mine. And if you if you allow me to, to say something about my voice, when people hear my voice, they say, "Man, you need to be on radio somewhere. You need to be to be be on television somewhere, doing doing some uh, voiceovers." Here's the thing about my voice: I used to talk with a tenor voice many years ago. I had burned so many things out in my throat using drugs and heroin and cocaine and crack cocaine that my voice got deeper. But there's a statement that says God uses the, the things that the enemy went, used for, for your downfall, God will turn it around and use it for your good. Now I'm known for this thing that I almost destroyed. I'm known for it now. So the yes. reason why, to answer your question in short, man, I've made a commitment. I'm going to give what I need and nobody gave to me. For the yes. rest of my life, I'm planning on giving what I need. Yes, yes, man. And that is so powerful, man. You know, the, the symbiotic nature of what God did here tonight with us, you know, cause I grew up in an orphanage and I went through, man. And, and I know what it was like, man, to just be funky and dirty and people treat you bad and get blah, blah, blah. Not you, you know, you ain't supposed to be here. And Tanisha know that what you just said about your voice, because man, check this out. She got the message a long time ago. She is the voice of the future here and, and and this is the thing the voice of destiny and people tell her all the time she's trying to dump that thing because i you know people tease me because my voice is going out right and, and i've been using that thing man i i crank it up you you know how i do it and, and because that's my succession plan her voice is part of my succession plan man i ain't mad at her man she keeps trying to dump man you can't that's one thing about it you, your arms are too short to fight with God, man. I'm, I just know that for sure. We would like to thank our leader, Commissioner Dr. Doreen Williams, the Rockdale County Sheriff's Office, along with other numerous partners and stakeholders that are taking the initiative to create change for the Rockdale County recovery community. We know that it takes all parts of the community to carry out this vision and together we are stronger. Anyway, Brian, I want to ask you a question and a lot of our listeners uh, can really empathize and familiarize with that story, with your story, because trauma is the foundation of a lot of people's recovery and a lot of people's demise as well. 
But but I know this, there were certain programs and certain tools and certain supports that I used when I made up my mind to climb out of that thing and God really put the batteries in my back. There were a lot of different supports and programs and tools that I used to come across that, that supported me, that educated me, that lit the path up for me. What were some of those things for you? What were some of the things that that you used to come across? There was several. This is such a profound uh, uh, question that you asked because everyone's is going to be different. Everybody's going to be different. That's the beauty of this 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 journey that we're on. No no one has the, the blueprint, but everybody can learn from everybody's journey. The yes. things that my father became a preacher when I was 16 years old. After struggling with him from the age of five all the way up to 16, he became a preacher then. And my father used to pray for me when I started going through my my mental illness struggle, my undiagnosed mental illness, and then my drug addiction, and then my in and out of jail. He prayed for me. And once again, this worked for me. I'm not telling everybody that you have to have this to get through. I'm telling you what worked for me. But my there was no change. I believe my father's prayers kept me alive. But there was no change. I kept being out there because my mind was messed up, man. And I had not been diagnosed as of yet. It Change came when I met a man and I write about him in both of my books that I wrote. And even on the third book that I co-authored. This man named Curtis Graham many years ago came to me one day. I was working at this facility called Oberry Center in Goldsboro, North Carolina. This man came to me and said, listen, man, I know what you're going through. Now, mind you, I had never had a conversation with this gentleman ever in my life. I just worked with him. He was a nice guy. He would come to work sharing his stories about how he rode his horses on the weekend. So everybody used to love when Curtis came to work because they knew that the whole building, he came to me one day and he says, man, I, I know what you're going through. And I looked at this cat in the, in the middle of my despair, in the middle of my undiagnosed mental illness, in the middle of my drug addiction. He came to me and said, man, I know what you're going through. And I looked at him and I said, man, you don't even know me. How do you know what I'm going through? There's something about a look that, that we know when a person is going through something. Am I right about that, brother? Am I right what? about that, my sister? There's something <laughs> yeah, that we, yeah, we, we can see inside of somebody when they're going through. This man came to me and said, he knows what I'm going through. I told him, man, you don't even know me. He pulled me away from the staff and the clients there. And he started to share with me his recovery journey. My eyes started to water. I, I was looking in the face of hope. I was looking in the face of possibility. I was looking in the face of, man, if this guy could do it, maybe it's possible for me. My father had never been through anything like I had been through. He prayed for me. He had his brothers pray, uh, brethren in, in, in church pray for me. They anointed me with oil. And I believe all of that kept me alive. But it wasn't until I met that man that had been through some of the same things that I had been through that hope sprung eternal inside of me, brother. I, I I tell you, I remember that day like it was yesterday. I still get emotional when I think about that day. That's when change came. God allowed yes. somebody to come into my life that had been through something that I had, something that I was going through. And once again, mm -hmm. it took all of the things before that to keep me alive. But when I met that cat that had been through what I was going through, man, that struck another chord in my life. That started the, the, the healing process for me. Wow. Yeah, man, that is so powerful. And, you know, I share this with a lot of people. And, and you know, like you said, man, every level has its own devil. But guess what? There are a lot of doorways, man. There are a lot of pathways. There are a lot of doorways. And, and I remember sitting in the meetings because I went to a treatment center where they make you go to meetings, but they make you go to meetings and, and you don't have a car. If you don't have a car, there's only one place you're really going to go. And, and those meetings are meetings and they have the fidelity of meetings. But for me, they weren't lit. For me, they weren't culturally agile, right? And, and this is the thing because there is a subculture and, and the enemy is pervasive in that subculture and, and people who in there are hardened to a degree and, and just uncultured to a degree. And I was part of that. So I could not receive positive messaging, right? I was, I was allergic to anything positive. And I was allergic to anything that had regimen, anything that just any good thing, right? I was allergic to it. And, and, and I used to sit in those meetings because I had to, and don't get me wrong, I took something away from it, right? 
But I went to a convention and, and another little friend of mine, he had a car. So he used to go to NA conventions and he used to bring me back the discs. He, he brought me back those discs from those speaker meetings. And I heard and saw men who are you and me, right? I heard us talking about aspiration. I heard people talking about being honest. I heard people talking about being faithful. I heard people, <laughs> I heard people talking about returning stuff that they didn't even steal. I'm like, what? Right? And, and, and it was unbelievable to me, but part of me wanted that. I, I couldn't, I couldn't see me doing it, but I, I wanted it. I knew it wasn't possible for me, but I wanted it. It got my attention. It, it broke through. And I said to myself, and I was looking at these people and they looked well, they lived well and everybody was hugging them and, and they had all their teeth and, and, and I didn't know where they got them. <laughs> Because today, today yeah. I got all mine too. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know where they got them, right? Because I had two in the possible. So I didn't know where, how do you recover if you only got two in the possible? You can still be a 10, Joker. You just got to know. You understand? And, and they were talking about having their own businesses. They were talking about having their own houses. And they were talking about traveling and delivering the message and getting paid to do it. I was like, man, I want to do that. But what I came to understand is that to get paid for telling the truth, you first have to find it. <laughs> so that's Absolutely. the part I was missing. I wanted to get paid for doing that thing. But when I started searching for where they found the language, I found out they found the language in the book. And when they found the language in those different books, they, it led me to the Bible and the big book and all the other bees and, and, and the, well, you know, the rest is born. But uh, I want to thank you so much for sharing that. And Tanisha, did you have a question for Brian? Yes, just off of your last, you know, you sharing with us how the power of someone else's lived experience is kind of what, what really, like you said, something sprouted in you. Can you share a little bit about the importance of of that for you know sharing our lived experiences i know a lot of us say living our recovery out loud and then there are some people in recovery who aren't really comfortable with that but you know how you can reach out and and just share your lived experience and the importance of that this is the major reason why i named my uh nonprofit beautiful scars I learned a long time ago that all of us, everyone, every one of us that are breathing on this planet had a time in their life where they were wounded. The trauma of life have wounded them. Sometimes those wounds stay open all the way up into adulthood, all the way up into adulthood. But I learned many years ago that that's okay, but as long as we find a way to heal those wounds, once a wound is healed, it leaves a scar. But now that scar turned from a wound to a scar, and now it's beautiful. When you start telling your story, how you made it through. Some people look at my scars and hear my story and say, man, that's a scar, you made it through, you're using it now. How, how did you get there? I said, it was a wound many years ago. And that thing was open and bleeding and pussy and, and, and hurting me. But man, once I learned how to heal that thing, that, that doggone wound turned into a beautiful scar. Now I, I, I share it with the world now, and it does a two prone effect. Not only does it affect the person that you're telling it to or the people that you're telling it to, but every time I tell it, man, I get juiced all over again. Yeah. Every time yeah. I tell it, I get that swag all yeah. over again. Yeah. Every time I share it, it loses its sting that it had over my life. I used to be ashamed to tell the, the story. I used to be ashamed, but now, brother, that those wounds have turned to beautiful scars, man. And, and that's the beauty of sharing our story. Our story is for God's glory. Not for yeah. us, not for what I've been, what I've done in my life. No, 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 no. Nothing or none of this could have been possible without the God of my understanding. So once again, our stories are, are for God's glory. And, and even in the word, it says uh, we are overcome by our testimony. Hear me clearly. We are, that's in the word. 
We are yeah. overcome. So every time I tell it, I get a little bit more power. I get I get over that thing a little bit more. That's why I get so excited. I get overjoyed. I get angst when I when I when I get a chance to share that message because every time I share it, I, I in my mind there's somebody out there just like me that I was, but they 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 haven't got to the scars yet. It's still wounds yes. and they're still bleeding and they're still hurting. But I'm we are here to tell the world. Man, you can turn those wounds to beautiful scars, baby. Beautiful That's scars. right. That's right. That is powerful stuff. It is our extreme pleasure to have such strong community partners, such as Viewpoint Health, to join us in our journey to recovering individuals as well as systems and procedures. Viewpoint Health offers an array of services and resources for individuals with mental health challenges, substance use challenges, as well as intellectual and developmental disabilities. To connect with them, please visit their website at www.myviewpointhealth.org or you can call 678-209-2411. So, and that's an excellent segue into my next question. Tell our listeners out there about Beautiful Scars, Inc. Because they're dying to hear it. I can I can hear them in the background chopping at the bit. <laughs> Beautiful Scars, Inc. was a necessity. I want, once again, I know that this is my calling to go out there and to tell, but I, I wanted to be able to be in a position where we're mobile. So my wife, Dr. Stacey Anderson, and I, we go to where the need is. We've been in people's homes. We've been in people's backyards. We've been in people's churches from South Carolina, North Carolina, Alabama, all over the place. We're a mobile team. And we go out and we share the stories of how we made it over and the tools and the techniques that we've used. And we share the the books that I've written and my wife written, my, my, my books, Beautiful Scars, My Journey to Wholeness and Healing. That book has made its way to South Africa, Japan, the UK, Scotland. I've gotten messages from those places. Thank you, Mr. Anderson, for sharing your story. I think it can go on now. My next, my second book, Beautiful Scars to the Ripple Effect, it was a teaching tool at Augusta University. Hear me clearly. It was a teaching tool. There were three mental health doctors on the psychiatry team in Augusta University that endorsed that book as a teaching tool. And then the third book, which became an Amazon bestseller, I co-authored with like 12 other people, uh, Men and Mental Health, Let's Talk About It. Amazon bestselling book. Listen, the the, the reason that Beautiful Scars is, is what it is, I've got to tell the story. This, this is not just an act. This is not a, a, a pretend for me. This is a passion. This is my calling. And I get so excited and geeked and, and 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 on another level when I get a chance to share what God has done for me because once again I was that person that did not see the hope did not see the light at the end of the tunnel there was no peer support back in the days that I was going through mental illness and drug addiction and in and out of jail and trying to take my life on two different occasions and lockdown inpatient treatment there was nothing of the sorts back in those days so I, I told God, I'm going to use every breath that I have left on this planet to make sure that that is, my, that is our plight. And my wife has joined in with me. And man, when I tell you, I, I've been on TBN twice sharing the story, Atlanta Live twice sharing the story. Once again, I've never been to South Africa. I've never been to Japan. I've never been to the UK. I've never been to Scotland. But the message got there. The message got there. And the beautiful part about our stories, brother and sister, Man, that thing will take wings and fly places we have never been. That's right. What a mighty God we serve. (laughs) It goes places we have never been. been. That's right. That's right. You're absolutely right about that. And and that's one of the things that uh, is I'm most privileged to do today. And Tanisha and I, man, we we do the mark. Well, Tanisha is the creative marketing consultant and and her her art and her craft and, and all of that, man, that thing is everywhere. Um, you know, we got a recovery center that we that we're in the process of opening up and it, it's called Grit and Grace, right? And Tanisha, that that's all of that comes from the inside of her. And, and the other day, you know, my little daughter came to town and and, and um she we were going to the building. She was walking up to the building and she looked at that logo and she said, Daddy, is that the something? 
<laughs> I said, it's something like that. It's, it's where the sun lives, baby. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It is. So let me ask you another question. Um, I know that you were talking about kind of the tools that you use with Beautiful Scars, Inc. Because we have a group that we do, a rap meeting that we do every day, twice a day, 11 and 6. And, and we understand the power of the evidence-based practice. We do. And, and we understand the power of adding that, that, that voice, that native language to those evidence-based practices that bring them alive for people, right? And, and so it's not like reading a telephone book. It's not like reading the dictionary. You know what I'm saying? Um, right. You know, because very few people read the dictionary unless they're trying to learn how to play Scrabble in jail. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you're learning how to, when you're gambling with your groceries, you will, uh -huh. you'll read the dictionary. But other than that, I've never had that, that, that plight. But let me ask you a question. What are some of the tools you use and, and why do you use them? There are a gamut of tools that, that I use. I want to share a couple of them with you. Some of the most powerful ones that I use to this day, right? There's a, a system that I use when I wake up in the morning that I, I, I started many, many years ago. Gratefulness. I, I've, I've added that to my repertoire. When I my eyes open up in the morning, the first thing that I say is thank you. Thank you, Father. I don't turn on the news. I don't do none of that because I learned many years ago that the first 20 to 30 minutes when you wake up in the morning is the most important time of your day. Here's why. Our brains, our minds are at its most impressionable. It's the most powerful point, that first 20 to 30 minutes. But the mistake that most people, especially Americans do, we get up in the morning and we turn on the news. That's the worst thing that anyone can do when your mind is at its most impressionable. So here's what I try to do on a daily basis. When I wake up, I give thanks to the most high God. And then I've got these affirmations. And then I, I fall to my knees and, and start giving up a prayers and, and, and salutations for another day. Then I got these affirmations that I use. I am somebody. I love myself. There's no one better than me. I'm a child of the most high God. I am more than enough. I am more than a conqueror. I'm repeating that stuff over and over and over. Even the word says there's power of life and death in the tongue. So I make a conscious decision while my mind is that it's most impressionable that first 20 to 30 minutes when I wake up feeding my mind nothing but positivity, feeding it nothing but positive, whether it be uh, some gospel songs, whether it be your own affirmations, whether, you, whether it be praying to the God of your understanding, make sure you fill that first 20 to 30 minutes with nothing but positivity. Watch how your day goes. Second tool that I use on a daily basis. Did you all know that uh, as a child on an average day, we average laughing over 400 times a day? Did you know that? We mm. average laughing as a child over 400 times a day. Did you, as an adult on an average day, guess how many times we average laughing? 15. Oh no, I, I know I'm exceeding the average though. 15? <laughs> I, I like 15. We went from over 400 as children to only averaging around 15 team as an adult. And when I go out and do my speeches and my seminars, I have people raise my hand and say, Doc, I ain't got, I ain't got nothing to laugh about. Man, my spouse gets on my last nerve. My children are driving me crazy. It's bills everywhere. My reply to them is, what does that have to do with laughter? Here's the importance of bringing back laughter into your life on a daily basis. Laughter, every time we laugh, it releases a chemical in our body. They call it endorphins. They call it the feel good chemical that no matter what you're going through, no matter what your day brings, no matter where you find yourself, you automatically start to feel better. Now, here's the God-given gift about laughter. Are you ready for this? I'm about ready. to blow your mind. Even fake laughter releases that same exact chemical in your body. Mind blown. You mean to tell me that there's something that I could fake and feel better? Absolutely. So there's no excuse to go throughout your day feeling bad. You can even fake laughter. That's how powerful. Uh, the, the, the word says it, it's like medicine to the yes. jolly. It's like medicine to the soul. So yes. it, it, it releases that chemical in your body, endorphins. They call it the feel-good chemical. Those are two of the twos. And the last two that I, that I share, that I started to use, and I'm going to share with you real quick. It has a three-prone effect. Th these are tools to getting over any obstacle in your life, any obstacle. Number one, show up. What do I mean by that? There are often days that I just don't want to get up. 
There are often days that I just don't want to go give a word of encouragement. There are often days that I just, I just, I just want to sit in my pity. But you got to keep showing up every day. Number one, show up. Number two, believe in the dark. What do I mean by that? Even when you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, even when you don't, when you don't see that, that there's going to be a brighter day around the corner, you've got to believe while it's dark. Gonna, if anybody going to get out of this, it's going to be me. And the, and the hundred, the other millions may not do it, but I'm going to be the one. So number one, show up. Number two, believe in the dark. And number three, play through it. Play, P-L-A-Y, play through it. Let me share what I mean by that. I believe it was 1997, I believe, 1997, Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls was in the championship series with the Utah Jazz. And it was the night before game five, Michael Jordan was sick as a dog. He was in his hospital. I mean, he was in his hotel room throwing up high fever, exhausted, stayed up all night, sick as a dog. He had every excuse to stay. This is only game five. I, I can sit this one out. Y'all just get this win and then I'll be back. Uh-uh. Michael Jordan came to the arena. He sat on a bench, head down, exhausted, tired from the night before. When the whistle blew to get in the game, Michael Jordan got in the game. Scored 38 points that night. <laughs> Scored 38 points that night. They won that game, which led them, propelled them to win the series. Michael Jordan's it was the flu. He played through it. Yes. Whatever your it is, you got to play through it, baby. There's, there's yes. going to be excuses that you're not going to feel like it. Play through it. When I'm sad, play through it. When I just lost a loved one, play through it. What I'm going through is a state of depression. Play through it. Show up. Believe in the dark play through it yeah man that's some really good 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 stuff Janice you have another question for him yes give me a second I keep getting all into it I know right okay so I know that when we saw you at the event for uh, mental health awareness month you shared and did some spoken word poetry and you know, you came out along with Rise with Alexia Jones and R2 Rise. So my question, because I'm a creative and I know there's other creatives out there who may want to know, how did you get into the poetry side and writing? Has that always been a part of your journey? Is it has Was that something that came after recovery? When did you tap into that side, the, the creative side? It, it truly came afterward because uh, I, I would get, when I would go speak out, people would, would come up to tell me after they hear my story, well, you, you don't smell, uh, or you don't look like you've been through, or you smell so good, or, or you, you got all your teeth. These were literal questions or answers that I would get from individuals in the, in the room. So I'm like, wow, what is a person supposed to look like that has been through these things? That's why I entitled my, 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 my spill that evening, can you see him? Can you hear him? I wanted them to, I, I, I didn't want the audience to know that it was me, but I, I wanted to paint that picture so that they could have in their mind what this person is supposed to look like by the end of what I'm talking about. And I, then I share with the audience, yeah, you can see him, yeah, you can hear him, because I am he. Yeah. So I, want, I wanted to twist their mind. I wanted, them, I wanted to get out of that stigma that we are all supposed to be all broke down. We are supposed to be all beat up. We are supposed to be, my brother's a preacher here in the Atlanta area. And he preaches the sermon that I thank God I, we don't look like what we've been through. And that, that's nothing but the grace of God. That's nothing but the grace of God. I, I, I use it as, if you all don't mind, I, I know that you all have believers in the word, non-believers in the word, but Mark 11, one through three, if you all don't mind me sharing how, how I come to that conclusion. Mark, how we can be still used by God. It talks about uh, this Christ who was planning his triumphant journey into Jerusalem. He told two of the disciples, he said, listen, I need you to go to this particular farmhouse and I need you to get this particular donkey. Now the donkey that I want you to get, make sure it's the one that has been tied up all of its life. <clears throat> make sure it's the one that has never been ridden. That means it's a wild one. Make sure it's the one that has not been tamed. And then Christ said this amazing thing. He said, if the people there ask you why I chose that one, you tell them I have need of him. Woo. My God, it gives me chills. Tied up, never been written, untamed. I got need of that one, he said. 
man, I pictured my life the, the same way, tied up, yeah. untamed, hadn't been written, but he chose me anyhow. Yes. He chose me anyhow. He chose us anyhow. Yes. Untamed, tied up, hadn't been written. He chose us anyhow. So that means that the story that we tell, man, it's a beautiful thing. That's who God chooses. He chooses us to tell it. Yes, yes. We are proud partners of the National Alliance on Mental Illness, Rockdale Newton Chapter. NAMI Georgia is an organization of family, friends, and individuals whose lives have been affected by mental challenges. Together, we advocate for better lives for those individuals who have a mental challenge, and we offer support, education, and advocacy as we do so. Please visit the NAMI Georgia website at www.namigeorgia.org. And if you are local to the Rockdale Newton area, we would love to have you join the family. For more information, you can visit www.namirockdalenewton.com or follow their Facebook page at NAMI Rockdale Newton. Yeah, so, I mean, if you want to share one, you can shoot one. There's a parable that I use. I told you all, all the certifications that I got, yada, yada, yada. I want the audience to know that I'm a mountain climber, mountain climber. Let me share with you the parable of the mountain climber. There was a preacher, a doctor, and a mountain climber showed up at the gates of heaven. And Gabriel was standing there with a bag filled with wings. The preacher walks before Gabriel. Gabriel reaches into the bag of wings. Gabriel pulls out two wings. Gabriel pins the two wings on the back of the preacher. Gabriel says, now perform for me and prove to me that you're worthy to walk through the gate. That preacher starts flapping both of his wings. He takes off into the air, does a beautiful spin, comes down and lands. Gabriel says, enter thou in, for you have proven yourself worthy to walk through the gate. The doctor walks before Gabriel. Gabriel reaches into the bag of wings. Gabriel pulls out two wings. Gabriel pins those two wings on the back of that doctor. Gabriel says, now perform for me and prove to me that you're worthy to walk through the gate. That doctor starts flapping both of his wings. That doctor takes off into the air, does a beautiful spin, comes down and lands. Gabriel says, enter thou wind, for you have proven yourself worthy to walk through the gate. The mountain climber, a person like myself and you all, walks before Gabriel. Gabriel reaches into the bag of wings. Gabriel pulls out one wing. Gabriel pins that one wing on the back of that mountain climber. Gabriel says, now perform for me and prove to me that you're worthy to walk through the gate. Just then, every mountain that that mountain climber had to climb in his lifetime comes rushing back to his memory. That mountain climber starts flapping that one wing. That mountain climber taxis to the beginning of that runway. That mountain climber flaps that one wing some more. That mountain climber takes off down that runway and he shoots up into the air and he does a spin and a turn and a flip and some somersaults and some more spins and some more turns and some more somersaults. Just then an angel walks before Gabriel and says, Gabriel. Who in the heavens is that? Gabriel says, oh, that there, that's the mountain climber showing you what can be done with half a chance. So the next time somebody walks up to me and say, hey, brother, wasn't you a drug addict? Wasn't you in jail on three different occasions? Didn't you try to take your life? What gives you the right to think you got anything to say to anybody? I shrug my shoulders back. I look that person dead in the eye and I say, one wing, baby. One wing. <laughs> you're, you're, ab you're absolutely right. And that's that's incredible. I, you know, I was doing a group today and we were talking about that very same thing. We were talking about the critic and it's not the critic who counts. We were talking about 
how many people, when they make up their mind to try to do the right thing, and we have such a history of doing the wrong thing, and the wrong thing has become our normal, our normalcy, or whatever. Um, that's our ideological bunker is just sitting behind the parked car, you know, and, and that takes very little effort. And then we decide that we want to do better, and you rush out there to do better, and really doing better is really hard. <laughs> It's really hard work, and you're not even really used to hard work. You know what I'm saying? And you're like, whoa, a lot of people quit right then, right? They say, you know what, second part, I think I'll go on that other road where everybody else is going, that road less followed. You know, and, and you know, when you're trying your best, and, and sometimes you, you stumble, and sometimes you fall, and, and you're on this whole new thing, man. You're trying the new thing. And you're in the trenches and you're digging rock and everything else. And, and there are these people up there, they have on the nice suits and they're, you know, they got the PhDs and all different kinds of stuff. And they look down and they say, you know what? There's a better way to do that. You're doing it wrong. And that's not the way you do it. You know, and don't get me wrong. And, and maybe all of those arguments are very valid, but it's not the critic who counts. And it's that, that man who's in the arena and his face is marred with sweat and blood and he will fail. And even when I fail, I, I, I still understand. I really tried. And, and, and I'm not even defeated because I know now that if I would have just leaned a little to the right, you know, and I know that I'm God powered. So today, and it's not ego, it's not something negative, but I'm going to be honest with you. If you're not in the trenches with me, if you ain't got dirt on your hands, I mean, your opinion has has value. But I tell you what, man, you can email it to me. <laughs> you can email that to me, bro. You feel me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But my fingernails is bent back trying to pick up these rocks because there are people under these rocks. There are people. You know, and, and, and as we have traversed all of these different entities and agencies and organizations and systems and and I've, I've done it for a long time and they say so what do we call them do we call them individuals do we call them clients do we call them participants do we call them blah 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 and, and I always say you know why can't we just call them people I mean what <laughs> what do you call you oh you call you whatever you call me an ind individual or participant or whatever how come we can't just call them people? And, and I was in a training very early on, and I said that. And they looked at me and said, who do you think you are, Moses? Listen. Yeah, let me go read some Moses up on you. You feel me? You know? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but, but anyway, I want to ask you another question. And I know that a lot of our listeners, because, you know, we've done this show for a long time. And we've done this show with some really gifted and really smart people. And one of the things that we've learned about when we do it with you people, what y'all do is y'all answer all the questions. <laughs> well, y'all answer the questions before we ask them, right? You know what I'm saying? But I want to ask you this. How did you find out about the certified peer specialist and the certified recovery educator and all of those different things? How did you find out about that? Because... When I found out about it, I thought I'd discovered Cotton in Augusta because I had never heard about it and never saw anybody where I was from to say, oh, I'm a certified peer specialist. It wasn't no thing, you know, until I came into recovery and got exposed. How did you find out about the certified peer specialist? Very, very interesting story. And I'm glad you asked me that. Many years ago, I was working in Augusta, Georgia, but I was working for an organization and my job was to go out into the community and I was a case manager and I would assist people. And I was doing a great job with this individual and the newspapers got wind of my work with this individual. And, uh, but I would tell this individual where I had struggled with drug addiction and homelessness, just like he is doing. I had never heard of certified peer specialists ever in my life. I just wanted to share with this individual who was going through where, what I, the blessing that I got from Curtis Graham many years ago. So the newspapers found out about it. They wanted to write an article about it. They wanted to, to interview me in the field with this particular individual. So I'm out at this individual's residence and the reporter is asking him, well, why do you connect so with Mr. Anderson? And he says, well, Mr. Anderson has been homeless just like me. Mr. Anderson has been a drug addict just like me. Now, mind you, I had not told my supervision back at this building anything, <laughs> not none of my story. 
This is about right. to be printed in the newspaper, right? <laughs> Man, the anxiety took over me. So when I got back to the building, I called my boss into her office. I said, listen, you know, I did the article. It went very well, but there are going to be some things that come out about me that I have not shared with anyone since I moved to Augusta, Georgia, many years ago. And she said, well, Brian, how, how comfortable do you feel about it? And I said, listen, I, I've been doing this mostly all of my life since I got clean in 1995. And so I, I, and there's no shame with me. I just wanted to warn you all about, because yeah. I'm, I'm representing this organization. And she says, Brian, have you ever heard about the Certified Peer Specialist Project? I said, what do, you, what do you mean? I've never heard of such a title ever in my life. She told me about it. I decided to go on about it. Man, did I get stones thrown at me because some of the people in that building heard about, oh, something must be wrong with Brian. He's going to this training. Something must be up with Brian. Once again, I had not told anybody. Now my boss knows. Now the whole building is busting about me going to this training. So at the time, the wife I had at the time, they would go to her and they would dog her out about, you know, ask her, what is it? So she called me while at training, while becoming a certified peer specialist, what she was going through and how people are bugging her and asking her, I got so angry, angry. I was ready to leave training and go back and handle these people that that are, their mouths, are, the tongues are wagging. And we're in a mental health facility. We're supposed to be helping people. But now that they hear a staff is doing it, I, I went to Ike Powell and Larry Fritz, who was teaching the class at the time. And I told them, I got to go. I got to go back home. You know, the staff at this job is dogging my wife out, asking her questions about me. And they, they told me, don't, don't leave yet, Brian. Let's take it to the group. They took it to the group that evening. I got so much support and, and so yeah. much love from that group. And I, I went on and stayed. And that's how I became a certified, through adversity, I hung, hung in there yes. uh, and became a certified peer specialist. And then all the other titles followed hence that. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, that is truly amazing because I got hired in the agency where I was the first peer specialist to be there, right? And I had also received services there. So you know how that looked. Oh, man. When I came to work the first day with my little badge, they thought I had made it. <laughs> it was like, he forged that. They still wouldn't let me through the door. But anyway, I, I got went to a training for the Opening Doors to Recovery Project, which was an innovative experimental project that I came in on. And when I went to the training, to the ODR training, they had Ike and Larry and Charles was there. Willis, and, uh, Charles Willis. Yeah. Charles Willis. And, and so when I seen Charles with Ike and Larry and I'm sitting in the training and you know me, man, because I'm from that, that place. Right. So when lunch came, I pulled Charles to the side and I said, hey, let me ask you a question. What you doing with them? bro? You know what I'm saying? He said, oh, I work with them. I'm like, what? What kind of work do you do? He said, I'm a certified peer specialist. And I said, oh, well, you work with them. I said, okay, well, I ain't got to worry. I don't think I can be one of them because I got a criminal history like a rattlesnake. He said, I think you will be an excellent certified peer specialist. And the rest is history. So I want to ask you another thing, Brian, and, and then we're going to let you get out of here. I know you're busy. I want to ask you this. What message do you have for all the people out there in radio land that are going to hear the sound of your voice? The, the message that I have for them is don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. The beautiful part about our story is that we have proof that, man, if we just hang in there a little while longer, we, we can make it. That's the beautiful part about our stories. But the, the message that we have is don't ever give up. All you got to do is look behind you. I, I refer when I go out and do my speeches to a bird that has wounded wings. That bird has two options. That bird can fly and fall, then fly a little bit and fall, then fly a little bit and fall. He has two options. He can say, man, why do I keep falling? Why do I keep falling? Or you can look back and say, my God, I've come a mighty long way with these know, wounded right? wings. Yes. Now, so we've got two options. We've got two options. Yeah, we, we can fly and fall and fly and fall. But don't worry about keep falling. As long as you can keep, keep getting up, you can fly a little bit more. That's right. And then when you get weary, just look back from when you came and said, my God, I made it this far. I can go on just a little more. Hope. Hope is the key. Hope is the key. Yes. Don't ever so, give up. 
So, Brian, I want to answer another question for all the people out there that are hearing the sound of your voice and they heard you talking about Beautiful Scars, Inc. They heard you talking about Beautiful Scars, book one, two. They heard you talk about the panel that you were on. And what if they want to connect with you? How do they connect with you? How do people get in contact with you? How do people get in contact with your business? Put it out there, man. Let's do it. Uh, you can reach us by dialing the telephone number 706-231-9588. Once again, that telephone number, 706-231-9588. Or you can go to the website, beautiful-scars.org. All of my contact, all of our contact information is there. Or you can email me, beautifulscars 65 at yahoo.com. Listen, there's a movement taking place. People are hurting in the world. People are going through in the whole world. We were born, before we were born, God saw this moment in this world to time today. And he knew that I need some soldiers that I'm gonna have to take through some things that's gonna be strong enough to survive everything that they've been through because there's gonna come a time in world's history that I'm gonna need them to shout from that mountain that we talked about, but there's a way to make it. That's right, man. I want to thank you so much. Tanisha, can you tell all the people out there in Radio Land how they can get this message? Absolutely. We told y'all y'all were in for a treat and that, you know, this was something excited to be about. That's why I like to invite you all to stay connected with us. You can stay connected to our radio show and to our organization by going to the website, rockdalesteppingup.com. And if you go all the way to the bottom of that webpage, click on the little stay connected tab, that will take you to a library of our monthly newsletters. On each one of our monthly newsletters, you will get a message from Commissioner Doreen Williams, which is our fearless leader. We also have a video of a champion of recovery, which is a person in recovery that we highlight as a champion of recovery and they tell their recovery story. We also select a champion of change, which is an individual in our community or in the Rockdale community who is creating positive change for the recovery community. Also, there are a slew of recovery resources in there, links, all different kinds of things that will connect you to different resources for recovery. Also, we encourage you to follow our partners in recovery, Grit and Grace, on all of their social media pages. They're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under Grit and Grace, RCO. And if you like the messages that you heard today and you want to keep hearing these messages, please tune in every Wednesday at 12 p.m. and Thursdays at 1 p.m. on Cat 10 Entertainment on the His Hop Network. If you cannot tune in at those times, we are also, we have a podcast that you can listen to at your convenience. And we are listed on seven different platforms, y'all. We're on Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, and iTunes, which is Apple Podcasts. So y'all keep coming back. Amen. Amen. Amen, man. She's up, man. Amen. 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 If you all can, can indulge me, my wife, we are a powerful couple. She has authored a book. She has a poem that she would love to end this segment with, if you, if you all don't mind. Man, we'd love to have it. Bring it. <laughs> okay, I'm going to It's called Beautiful Scars. During the healing process, a scar is formed. It's proof positive that you've been through something, but you made it. But as you re-enter the unblemished reality, of people's perceptions and ongoing deceptions. Oftentimes, there's a trace of wounds bleeding on the inside. Stares from onlookers will wonder how you are still standing or where does your strength lie? After all, you're not broken or left forever staying. But when you start to share one story of transformation, they instantly see that the pitfalls, failures, and life-altering circumstances that once left you defeated have been used to ignite resiliency and evolution. It's in the essence of your stance, the span of your smile, the strut in your walk. It's the way you have chosen to take the patch off and allow true healing to begin. You are beautifully scarred. It's the swing of your hair, the shimmer and shine that lets the world know that you are beautifully scarred. It's in your feet as you dance. It's in the freedom you feel knowing that you are beautifully scarred. It's in the song you sing and in the message that you bring to let the world know that you are beautifully scarred. 
It's in the mountain that you climb. It's in the rhythm you rhyme to let the world know you are beautifully scarred. It's in the annotations that you privately wrote and then you finally release them for others to heal. You are beautifully scarred. As you walk into a room just as cool as a breeze and to the world, the people stand in disbelief or praise God on their knees, then they surround you looking for that same grace, that same favor, then you will say the answer lies within the time you allow yourself to heal. It's how you choose to transform and recreate. It's not automatic. You got to put in the work. It's how you choose to let the world know that you are beautifully scarred. Thank you for tuning in and feeding your recovery with another episode of the Recovery Hour. Remember that you can stay connected with us by following us on Facebook and Instagram at Grit and Grace RCO or just keep coming back every Wednesday at 12 noon. Until then, and as always, cherish the chips you hold.